we, we do have a great time every time we come here. It's so awesome to be able to be a part of this ministry. And um, you guys are exciting. Church should be exciting. It should be loud. It should be fun. It should be, it should be a celebration. You know, uh, in the Bible, the, the Lord calls the gatherings of God's people together festive. They're festivities. And he's in the middle of it. Amen? It's so awesome. He's in the middle of it. So I, I'm excited to be able to be here with you today. And um, I want to talk to you today about a growing strong uh, in your Christianity, a growing strength in your Christianity, in your life. And especially in this day, am I too loud? Am I too loud? This sounds good. All right. I can hear myself all over the room. This is amazing. It's like, it's like being in the shower. <laughs> I preach my best messages in the shower, you know. <laughs> I come out of the shower and I just am filled with the Holy Spirit. But we're living in a day and an age when the whole world is crazy. And it's not going to get better, I don't think. Although I do believe there's going to be an outpouring of God's spirit like we've never seen. But it's not going to come on a church that is barely plugged in. A people of God that are barely there. And today I want to talk to you about a growing strength in your Christianity. Because your Christianity was never meant to be a phase. Or to go for a little while and then start to fade. You know, a lot of times people are most excited when they first get saved. Oh, I remember when I first got saved. I was so excited. And then what happens is a year later, two years later, five years later, ten years later, they're, they're the grumpy old person that tells you everything that's wrong with church. What happened? See, something happened in their Christianity where they, 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 they missed what God had for them because your, your walk with the Lord should be getting stronger and more vibrant. Amen? More vibrant, more alive, more excited. This will not just fall into your lap, and that's why I want to talk to you about it today, because there's going to have to be a, 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 a partnership with the Lord. God will come, but you got to come too. You know, God will reach out, but you got to reach out too. And you know, your Christianity, and I want to talk about this, is not just the fact that you said a prayer. But your Christianity is the thing that grows in Christ. And your Christianity is connected to everything else in your life. It's connected to your appreciation of what's happening in the earth, uh, eternity, uh, your family, your marriage. Your Christianity is, is the foundation through which everything else is built. I even feel like you can't be a successful person. You can't have a successful business. You can't have a successful family. You can't have a, a joyful life unless it starts first in your Christianity. It starts first in your Christianity. And, you, and it should be a growth and a strength to everything else you do in life. And so, I mean, I thank God we're here today. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I want to just say church is such a vital part of who it is you are as a Christian. It is a very vital part. It's not religion. 
It's not, you know, uh, 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 doing the, the dues and punching your weekly Sunday card. It is a vital part of who it is you are as a spirit man or a spirit woman. And we, we, cannot, we cannot overemphasize that. But your Christianity was, is always supposed to be meant to be growing stronger as you go. And I, I hope this message encourages you today because <clears throat> wherever you're at right now, today is a new day. Uh, I, I may have been confused, I may have been up and down, I may have been, uh, you know, a little bit wonky, I may have been, but today is a new day. Today is a new day, and I announce that to you men, to you women, to you young people. Today is a new day, and I know that God wants us to be strong to the end. Strong to the end. Paul the Apostle said this, when he was getting ready to, to die, and he knew it, he was going to be martyred. But he knew he was going to pass on. And he, he writes to Timothy and he says, I have fought the good fight. What's amazing about um, Paul is he likens his walk with the Lord or his Christianity with a fight. You know, and I tell you, if you're not ready to fight for who it is you are as a man of God or a woman of God, you, you're not living in reality. You are going to have to fight for this thing. It's going to be a fight. Amen? But, but, but guess what? If you get knocked down, get back up again. Floyd Mayweather, I think, is fighting today or tonight or something like that. Nobody knows about that. <laughs> but in a fight, if you get knocked down, get back up again. And when you get back up again, by the grace of God, you're just stronger. Amen? You're stronger. But he says, I fought a good fight. I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. I'll tell you, he's our example in Scripture to look at to somebody who's, who's gone through their whole walk with the Lord. And it was not easy. If you read about Paul the Apostle, how, how he got whipped and, and stoned and beaten and shipwrecked and all kinds of people came against him and tried to throw him in prison and, and all kinds of different, every city he went to. I'll tell you, it wasn't easy for him. It was a fight. But he's our example to see that here is somebody that did not fade. They didn't get tired. They didn't get gloomy and doomy and weary, but they stayed strong. And I, I want you to know that this is a promise of God for you, that you can stay strong. You don't have to get weary. You don't have to get worn out. You don't have to get uh, uh, depressed. You can stay strong and joyful for your whole Christian walk with the Lord. Amen? And I, I want you to know we know hundreds and hundreds of people that have lived a successful, powerful, abundant life in Christ into their 90s, you know, and, and, and serve God their whole life. And they, they slip into the grave and they slip into glory having fought a good fight. Amen? This is not a phase. You're not going through a phase. This is not going to end. You're not going to get five years down the road and start to, you know, say, you know what, I'm just going to go to that church and then I just figured I'm going to go back to drinking that's not you. That's not you. Amen? So Jesus, I want to get into this, these verses in Matthew. Jesus, he teaches us through this parable of the sower. And he talks about a farmer that scatters seed. And some seed fell on the path, some fell among the rocks, some fell in the bushes, but some fell into good soil. And so this is a, this is a parable of the sower. It's in Matthew 13, and it's kind of a famous parable. But... He, said, he starts out in verse 10 and he says this. The disciples came and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? And this is an 
awesome question because in reality, a parable is a story that has a, a, um, a, a truth in it, but it's not on the surface. And this is a little bit like your Christianity. You can't just kind of, um, you know, put it on cruise control and, 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 and walk in a coma through your Christianity. It, you're going to have to dig down a little bit. So Jesus said, I, I, I speak to them in parables because they're going to have to dig a little bit. God's not going to land this thing in your lap. I don't know. I don't even think about my Christianity. I'm just always blessed. No, you won't be. It's a fight. You're going to have to think about it. You're going to have to plug in. You're going to have to push in. Can you say amen? And this is how you stay strong. And this is how you stay fruitful and abundant your whole life. But it doesn't just fall in your lap. So Jesus replied, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you. Now, I want you to understand this. Church, I'm speaking to you as individuals, but I'm speaking to us as a church too. But listen, as individuals, the secrets of the knowledge of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you. When you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit touches you. Off of you falls this blindness, this dullness, and you come alive spiritually, born again. Paul the Apostle said it was like scales fell off of his eyes. You know, the, the blind man said, once I was blind, now I see. All of a sudden, truth comes to you. You never had it before. You never saw it before. You never walked in it before. But when you come to Christ, all of a sudden, God begins to download to you by his spirit the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Now, here's the, here's the tricky part. The rest of the people out there in the world, they do not have this. They do not have this. This is something that God imparts to you spiritually by his spirit into your spirit. All of a sudden now you have the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. You know about eternity. You know about the Lord. You know about what's right. You know about what's not right. You're all of a sudden you, your eyes come alive. So this is why it's kind of dumb for us to say, do you believe what they're doing now? Yeah, because they, they, their eyes are not open. They have no knowledge of what it is they're talking about or doing. The church has to stop getting frustrated with everybody out there that's clueless. All right? We got to stop being frustrated with everybody out there that doesn't know what they're doing. Now they want us to do this. It's so stupid. Yeah, but hold on a second. I think maybe you're seeing things with eyes that are uh, uh, open to the secrets and the knowledge of the kingdom of heaven. And, and, and the people, even in government, people that are, that are supposed to be telling, people that are places, in places of authority. You know, I, I, I say that, but in reality, this world is being run by Twitter. This world is being run by influencers. And whatever they say, all of a sudden we have to all say the same thing. Okay, what are we saying now? What, what, what are we? Because we don't want we don't want to get you know canceled, and we don't want to be you know ostracized, and we don't want to be rejected. So what are we saying now? We have to be. <laughs> and as a church, we 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 just want to make sure we don't upset anyone. We can't upset anyone. We can't. We got to say all the right things. The the world is being run by Twitter, and is being run by people that do not have. The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. I thank God he gives it to us. But can I tell you something? It's still in parables. You're going to still have to dig for it. It's not going to just land on you. You're just not going to all of a sudden have this dawning of this wisdom and knowledge about the deep things of God. 
or even the things of the universe. You know, people that don't believe in God, you have to have grace for them. Pray for them. Love them. Because out of their mouth is going to come some of the dumbest things you've ever heard. People do not only not believe in God, they don't believe in eternity. They don't believe in heaven. They don't believe there's any reward. They don't believe there's any judgment seat. They don't believe there is a Christ. They don't believe that there are angels. They don't believe that there's something else going on here. They don't believe. They don't believe in sin. They don't believe in holiness. They don't know what holy. They don't care about holy. That's a holy Bible. This is holy matrimony. This is holy this. this is holy. They don't believe in holy. But they're not open to the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, and you are. But can I tell you something? Let's not follow that. You, 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 you're trying to follow some idiot on Twitter that has no clue about heaven or eternity or holiness. I, I can't unknow what God has already shown me. I can't unknow it. And if I willingly unknow things that God has already shown me, I become a betrayer. I become a, 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 a fake. I become a pretender. And I tell you, the world does not need a church full of pretenders. The world needs a church full of men and women of God that will stand up. Amen. And say, this is the way. Can you say amen? You know, uh, thank you, sir. I actually need a Kleenex more than I need a But I know what God says. Thanks, Rand. Appreciate it, brother. Oh, boom. Play soccer with the Kleenex box. I know what God says about marriage. I don't have to look on Twitter to reform my opinion about it. Amen? God says the man will leave his father and mother, marry his wife, the two will become one. Amen? And this is a great mystery, but it's a reflection of Christ in the church. You wonder why marriage is under such attack, but it's a reflection of Christ in the church. I'll tell you, this is, this is, way, up, this is way up in the spirit realm. There is an attack against the image of God and his bride. And here... Sometimes the church just goes, I don't know. Who knows? You know, I don't know. Who knows what marriage is? I'm an idiot. Uh, I might be a Christian. Hey, go back to that verse, please. I might be a Christian here. You know, I, I, I might know the knowledge of the but, but I, I don't. I'm going to pretend I don't know anything because somebody on Twitter is making everybody nervous about what marriage is and what marriage isn't. Getting quiet in here. But I tell you what, when, when the church begins to stand up and say, no, uh, we love, we love uh, the people that don't have the knowledge, of, but we're not going to change our thinking into that. <laughs> Amen? And let me tell you something. If we're not careful, we're going to lose our kids and their kids. We're going to lose a whole next generation of people that actually God wants to rescue. 
And if the church doesn't rescue this next generation, God will raise up somebody else to do it. And it'll start a whole new movement through somebody else who actually will stand up in truth. And, and, and can I tell you, sometimes we're afraid of an invisible enemy. Because that person that you think is going to, like Oprah. Well, what if Oprah asks you? Oprah is never going to ask you. It's going to be somebody at your workplace. And you're going to be able to say, with the anointing and the love for them, uh, the grace for them, this is what my Bible says. Amen? This is what my Bible says. You know, Haley uh, Baldwin Bieber. Do you know, do you know she, she's uh, uh, Justin Bieber's wife, Haley. She says this. I am a Christian, and therefore I would never pose in the nude. However, props to any woman who's comfortable enough to do that. And it's so awesome because they're saying, now that is what a Christian is. Somebody who doesn't judge anybody else. You know, I, I could say the same thing. You know, because I'm a Christian, I am, I'm not going to be an adulterer. But props to anybody that can get away with it. <laughs> Twitter is leading us down a path where we have to bury our heads away from the knowledge that God has given us and become lunatics to follow this stuff. Can you say amen? I'm not going to give up what God has given me just to be accepted by a world that needs me to stand up and say, no, wait a second. So anyway, in Matthew 13, if we go to the 18th verse, Jesus begins to explain. He begins to break this parable down. I want to go through it with you just a few verses at a time. It says, listen, Jesus said, listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom of God and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. I want you to know that the evil one comes. There is a target on your back when you start to believe in the Lord because the devil comes to try to snatch away what was sown in your heart. This is the seed that was sown along the path. And, and I want to get into this whole idea of understanding. And I, I'll, I'll do that in, in a minute here. But... This message that, that comes to us is something that the devil does not want you to get. He does not want you to understand it. And it goes on. It says um, in verse 20, the one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man. And I want, I want you to see that uh, the Lord's kind of telling us that um, um, the rocky places is the man. There's a man or a woman that has the rocky places as the foundation. And really what it's talking about is a lack of depth. They're just shallow. Where they receive the word with joy. Oh, yeah. But as soon as something comes against them, but since he has no root, he lasts only a short time because when trouble or persecution, does your Bible say when? I have it up here on the screen for you so it's easy to see. When, doesn't say if, it doesn't say if, <laughs> when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, 
See, you want to not, not stand up for the word so that trouble or persecution won't come. But let me tell you something. If you're going to be a man or a woman of God, at some point you will have to stand up for the word of God. Somebody's going to ask you, what is life? You're going to have to know what life is. I don't want to get off on a tangent because I don't really want to talk about all the different political things that, that's going wrong in the world because really it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a heart issue, not a political issue. Really. Amen? And so, but when trouble or persecution comes, and it will come, the person quickly falls away. Because of the word, persecution will come. Trouble will come. Issues will crop up. And, and you're either going to fade away or get stronger. Next verse. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, strangle it down, choke it down, making it unfruitful. Here, here's a person that understands that there's such a thing as um, their Christianity and the Lord and so forth. But th they're concerned about this life. What's so amazing about this is Jesus tells us, don't worry. Follow me. I'll give abundance to you. I'll have you walk in strength. I'll, ha I'll have, you have all of the things that God has for your life. I'll, I'll give them to you freely. But you know, sometimes we get caught up. We see the Joneses getting ahead. We see this happening. We see that happening. And the next thing you know, the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth. And I don't want to get into this right now, but I, I want you to know, wealth is deceitful. It's deceitful. It, it dangles a carrot in front of you, but it just keeps leading you down the wrong path. I want to say, you know something? Forget wealth. I just want to follow the Lord and see if God doesn't overwhelm me with his abundance in my life. Amen? The wealthiest people I know follow the Lord. The wealthiest people I know, I'm talking about in your heart, in your spirit, in your family, in success and so forth, are, are, are sold out to the Lord. But this next verse, I want to just look at it for a second here. Verse 23. But the one who receives the seed that fell on good soil is the man. There's a good soil man. There's a good soil woman. I pray that this church is a good soil. I pray that this church has some depth to it. I pray that this church is unshakable just because persecution comes and it will come. We're still unshakable. Can you say amen? And that we operate in the secrets of the knowledge of the kingdom of heaven. But the one who receives... The seed that fell on, on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it, and he produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Um, this is a, pro, uh, a process of a, a progress, hearing, understanding, and producing. But it's also a cycle. There's this ongoing thing one feeds into the other. A person that is producing is hearing and understanding. This is, this is constant. I, the, the, more I, the more I hear truth, the more I understand truth, the more I apply truth, the, the more productive I become and the more I'm able to hear more. All right, so, so do you understand this? This is a cycle. These three things are very important. And I believe that the church many times ends up becoming um, a phase for people where you were strong for a few years but then you faded. Or you were strong for, for those years when you were you know, kind of a deacon, but then you faded. I, I believe the church suffers this kind of thing because they don't understand these three things are very vital to being a strong, ongoing, like Paul the Apostle, until the day you die, 
strong Christian. Now, uh, I turned 66 in a uh, few days here, and I, I, I hope that I'm as vital and as excited about the things of God today as I was when I first got saved. Amen? You know, it shouldn't be the other way around. Well, you know how many times I heard to see sermons? You know how many times I've been to church? You know how many times? You're sounding old. (laughs) Amen? But let's look at this first one, to hear. You have to have an ear to hear. And this is, again, this is not something that will fall in your lap. This is hidden in this, in this parable here. Jesus is saying this is very important. And so I believe that, you know, I, I kind of want to talk about church here a little bit. But I believe that when you come to the house of the Lord, you come a certain way. You come with your antennas up. Your radar dish is out. And you're saying, Lord, speak to me today. And I believe God anoints a man, a preacher, a prophet, to be used of God almost by remote control to speak to you what God wants you to hear. This is a very spiritual thing. But you have to come understanding I'm here to hear. I've come to receive. I've come to receive. You know... um, Sometimes people come to church and, and, and the posture is, well, I'll see what goes on here today. Uh, now he's talking about this. Last week he was talking about that. This next week he's going to talk about something. And, and I'm being facetious here because I'm, be, I'm trying to be a Christian jerk. It's hard for me. Some of you guys, it's easier. No, can I tell you, I've been there. I've been there. I've come with pride before. And a prideful person will never hear what God has for them to hear because he's going to use his man to speak to you. Can I tell you, you have to come to church. And I believe if if there are leaders here, they should pray these two prayers. They should pray, God, I pray that you will use Pastor Marco today in a mighty way to speak words that you will use to bring deliverance to bring liberty, to set people free, to give them wisdom. I pray you will use him, Lord. You know, there's something about words. God uses words to create. There's something about the said word, the spoken word. And God says, I will use the preacher through the foolishness of a human vessel saying human words to human ears. I will use the foolishness of preaching to change nations. So if you're leaders, you need to pray, God, use the pastor today to speak to people that will hear a certain word that will set them free. But I pray also for the people, God. May they come with ears to hear what it is you're going to say to us today. I want to come with with an attitude of submission. You know that when Jesus fed the 5,000, you know what's amazing about the 5,000? They were hungry. You got to be hungry. If you're just pulling into church and say, I don't know what's good, you're not going to get anything. You have to be hungry. Lord, I know you're going to change my life today. I know you're going to drop a, another pearl of wisdom into my life. I, God, I know you're going to give me what it is I need. God, I'm hungry. I'm pulling into the parking lot and I'm coming hungry. 
The people were hungry, and Jesus said, have them sit down in groups of 50. What's so amazing about that, there's this posture of submission. Jesus is going to feed them, but you got to sit down. You, you need to come into church with your heart sitting down. I'm ready to receive. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to criticize. I'm not here with a little bit of an attitude. You will never feed. You will never eat what God wants to feed you when you come with that attitude. And what's so amazing about church is you can have one person sitting there emaciated because they haven't eaten in six months. They got a little bit of an offense. They got a little bit of weirdness on them. They have shut their mouth. They will not hear. They won't eat any of the food that's being delivered because of this weirdness that, that got on them six months ago. The person right next to them is vibrant and healthy and, and weeping and worshiping and thank the Lord. Oh, God, you're just amazing. What's the difference? One person's like this. The other person's like this. I come to receive. I come to hear. Can you say amen? amen. I want to give you a key today. I'll tell you, church is very, very vital. This is a whole other message. I'll come back next week. But everybody in your house should know Sunday is the day. We go to the house of the Lord. Whatever it is we do to get everybody in the car, we get in the car. Mom serves God, so she has a ministry she's going to go do. Dad has a ministry he's going to go do. Kids, get in the car. We're going to the house of the Lord. We are going to celebrate God. It is going to be awesome. And on your way home, if Sister Betty Lou said something to you in the lobby that was kind of weird and you didn't like, don't talk about it in front of the kids because you had an awesome, fun time in the house of the Lord. Amen? Talk about the miracles. Talk about all the awesome stuff that happened in God's house. Very, very, very important that you have a, 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 a rule, a law, a backbone in your house that Sunday is an awesome day. We go to God's house. We get filled. And I'll tell you, God uses this uh, to change your life. I don't know exactly what it is I'm saying to you today that God's going to use to change your life, but God knows. God knows. I remember one time when I was newly saved and I was still struggling with the world going back and forth, and I loved the Lord, and I came to church and so forth. And the pastor was preaching on and on about something I don't even remember. But he read this verse in Psalms, and it says, After having been often reproved, you will suddenly be cut off, and that without remedy. And it hit me. I knew God was saying to me, Son, I'm telling you, stop. Turn around, because after having been often reproved, which I was, you will suddenly be cut off, and that without remedy. And I'm telling you something. I don't know what else the pastor said. I'm just telling you. He read that verse. I don't even know why it was in, what it was in context with, but I'm telling you, that, that word hit my, my heart, and it, it rattled me down to my boots, and it instantly turned me from the path that I was on back onto the way of the Lord, and I thank God I was in church that day and my ears were open. I can still remember it to this day. You got to hear. You got to come hungry. You got to come hungry and then you got to sit down in your heart and say, Lord, 
use Pastor Marco today. Use him as a prophet to prophesy to me. Use him as a priest, God. Use him as a shepherd. And then next is this word understand. I want you know, I, th- I thank God that we have these uh, lessons that are coming up. But I also believe that what, what you're going to get from week to week in church on Sunday is going to be deeper and deeper. And, and what you don't understand, you will understand. Hang in there. Come with an open heart. But under, uh, understand that it, it won't happen in a day. But God wants you to understand the deeper things of your Christian walk. In order for you to grow strong and maintain this vitality all the way through, you're going to have to have a deeper understanding of God. So one week, Pastor Marco's talking about uh, the armor of, uh, of, of the Holy Spirit, the armor of God. Then another week, he's talking about what covenant means. Another week, he's talking about what, what worship is. And you're growing deeper, and you're getting, getting a deeper understanding the secrets of the knowledge of the kingdom of heaven, you're beginning to understand it. You're not easily rattled. Somebody says something on Twitter, it doesn't phase you. You see something on Yahoo, it doesn't phase you. Because you're getting deeper, you have a deeper understanding. You're not like the man that has no root. You get a root. You can go through dry times. You can go through persecution. You can get knocked down. You can stumble. Get back up. Why? Because you get your understanding of what God's doing is deep. It's not shallow. You understand what it means to have oversight. You know, pastors can never talk about oversight because it makes it seem like they're trying to say, you need to listen to me. But can I tell you, pastors should get up in front of the congregation and say, you need to listen to me. I'm trying to help. But it's a spiritual thing, again, where God is saying, I'm going to break this down. I'm going to break down the fish and the loaves for you, but you, you've, got, you've got to want it. You've got to want it. Now, I want you to know there's something powerful about spiritual authority, being under a covering, being in a house. I'm part of a house. I'm part of the community. I'm knit in the family. Do I always, you know, is it always easy you know, brothers and sisters, they're always jostling. They're always fighting. They're always got, you know, Sister Betty Lou said something in the lobby. That's okay. You can get through it. Can you say amen? You can be strong. Can you say amen? I want to hear on Sunday what happens when you open your ear up to gossip, when you open your ear up to slander, when you open your ear up to backbiting. The Bible says it's like choice morsels that go into you like poison. I want to learn about these things because I think I want to stay strong for the rest of my Christianity and so I know how to guard my heart because out of it flows the wellsprings of life. To have an understanding of these deeper truths, I need to come to the house of the Lord and say, God, I'm learning. I'm growing. You think people... uh, you would understand that verse, you know, you, you'll know them by their fruits. So I look at Pastor Marco and Lindsay. I see their lives. I see the family. I see the work. I see everything that God's doing with them, through them, and you guys. I, I, I used to think that about myself, too, you know, that I had fruit. People could see it. But sometimes, like, again, people, people are sheep. They're easily scattered. I remember one time we had somebody in our church that was crazy. We all loved him, but he was crazy. 
kind of a lovable, crazy person. And, uh, but this crazy person got, a, got an offense or something and left the church. And uh, starts telling everybody, you know, Pastor Steve says you've got to tithe. But I say you don't have to. And I read a book and it says you don't have to tithe. Well, I never said you have to. I said this is a spiritual principle and it's a truth, amen. I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna not, not teach it. It's, it's a spiritual truth. But all of a sudden, I'm thinking everybody knows this guy's crazy, right? We all know you're crazy. No. People are like, well, so-and-so says you don't have to tithe. Pastor Steve is saying you do have to tithe. Who are you going to believe? <laughs> Who are you going to believe? <laughs> you know them by their fruits. This guy's nuts. Where's the fruit? Where's the strength? Where's the wisdom? Where's the, where's the anointing? Where's the vitality? Where's the prayer? Where's the miracles? Where's any of the fruit? <laughs> well, I mean, you look at Pastor Steve, and then you look at him. He's crazy, but maybe, who knows? You, you're crazy, too, then. <laughs> you got to hear. You got to labor to understand. I tell you, you got you to plug in. One of the mistakes we've made as a church is dumbing church down so low so that anybody that walks in off the street would totally understand. You're not going to totally understand. We're going to talk about deep things. We are going to talk about holiness. We are going to talk about what it means to be devoted. We are going to talk about spiritual warfare. We are going to talk about speaking in tongues. You might not know everything on day one, but hang in there because you're going to understand something and be strong to the end. And then finally, I want to close with this, but produce. This means fruitfulness. You know, in Romans it says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fire serving the Lord. I need, I need to produce. I, I need to get plugged in. I'm running out of time here, but I want to say this. The most, one of the deepest, most innate desires in a human being's life is to accomplish I believe that God puts that in us because it, we, we desire to produce fruit. You know, in the parable of the talents, Jesus said to the person that just buried the talent, you wicked, lazy servant. I'll tell you, to produce, to be fruitful, to be plugged in, like the, the mission thing is coming up. You know, to, I want to be a part of the mission. I want to be a part of the plan. I want to be a part of changing this city. I don't care where you're from, but if, but if you come to this church, your heart needs to ch change this city. Can you say amen? Lord, we're asking for a miracle for this city, for this region, for all of Rhode Island, all of Massachusetts. Can you say amen? It doesn't take a thousand churches, but it does take a strong church. Amen. So you got to produce. you got to produce. I want to put this one last verse up, Matthew chapter 24 in the end. It says, because of the increase of wickedness in the end. Matthew 24, the Lord is talking about the very end of time, and I believe that we're living in it. I believe there's going to be a great outpouring of God's Spirit, but we're living in days of wickedness, weirdness, lewdness. I don't know if you guys get Yahoo. I keep trying to eliminate it off my computer, but... Every story is somebody's in the nude. Somebody's, you know, one of the Jenner 
girls have taken their clothes off again. It's like story after story after so and so. I mean, it's like, is there anything real that's going on in the world or are we just completely lewd? Amen? Anyway, so you eliminate Yahoo and you get some other news thing and this other weird stuff is on there. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but he who stands firm to the end. Would you stand to your feet? Father, we ask you, Lord, help us, God, to know, Lord, that we're in this to the end. Lord, I pray, God, for strong men and women in this church, Lord, that they would be strong for the next 30 years. I pray, God, that they would be shoulder to shoulder with Pastor Marco, strong with Lindsay, Lord, strong in this city, oh God, strong in this church, in Fall River, Lord God, strong in the things of God, I pray. Lord, bless, bless this house, bless Fall River, oh God. Bless the work that we do, Lord God. I pray, God, that this is not a phase. God, this is not a wavering. This is not a yo-yo. But God, that we would be strong in the things of God, in the mighty things of the Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, Lord, fill us, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share with a friend. For more info, visit newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.